how would you like to sell 450 units a day on one SKU? According to today's guest, a lot of that effort is wasted if you can't find a way to have a relationship with those buyers outside of Amazon. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Serious Sellers Podcast by Helium 10. I'm your host, Bradley Sutton, and this is the show that's a completely BS-free, unscripted, and unrehearsed organic conversation about serious strategies for serious sellers of any level in the e-commerce world. And we've got a serious seller in the house today, all the way up from San Diego, Ryan Rigney. Ryan, how's it going? It's going well, Bradley. Thanks for having me. Thank you. What do you think of the drive I have to do every day? Uh, it's here. kind of refreshing, actually. Refreshing. Oh, I, I my left. Goodness. I left around eleven forty-five. So okay, okay. And then you just bad. chilled. Yeah, that's the, that's a bad. I wish I could come into the office at around eleven forty-five, twelve. <laughs> that would be a little bit better on my stress levels. Right, right. I feel but, for you, man. No, I don't know too much about you, so that, on purpose, I, I like trying to learn things. You know, at, when you're here now, Michelle, like literally, let's say forty-five minutes ago, told me that she was actually. I didn't even know you had done a podcast like a couple of years ago or something with Manny. Yeah. Says she's like, oh, you know, Ryan used to be a lawyer. So is that, is that true? Still am a lawyer. I actually, I guess I can give a little background on who I am and how I started. Yeah, yeah. This. Um, well, get your origin story. Right, right. So I went to law school, started in 2012 was the year and I had a lot of student debt. Wasn't really liking the jobs that I was, I was doing related to that. I really wanted some kind of passive income on the side to kind of take that stress. And I mean, the job market was like, really terrible back then too. Mm -hmm. yeah, so I, I had to, I had to think of other ways to get out of that situation. So I, uh, started with e-commerce selling on Amazon. I started a brand sold a silicone baking mat and I silicone. So failed miserably, cliche. right. So, so everybody starts like knowing nothing. Right. And then how, how did you find out in 2012? I mean, there wasn't a, a billion people targeting you on Facebook with their courses necessarily like yeah. there are today. Like, how did you know about the Amazon opportunity? Right. Yeah. There was one course I think back then, mm -hmm. the, uh, amazing selling machine one. I didn't take that. Okay. I just kind of went out and bought a bunch of products that were doing well and studied what they were doing. And Tried to reverse engineer the process, nice. joined a bunch of Facebook groups, found the AMPM podcast was one of them. Mm -hmm. Learned a lot from that. And I, I created a second brand that uh, was more focused on the actual branding aspect rather than just selling a product that has a potential to rank for a keyword. I was actually focused on building an audience, building a line of products that all kind of cohesively go together. So I've been kind of snowballing that process for the last four and a half years or so. How was that first one a failure? You met, you mentioned that you right. failed. Like, like right. what, what so, about it was a failure? Yeah. So I didn't really put much thought into having a unique selling proposition. Mm -hmm. uh, the manufacturers are selling those products on Amazon. So I couldn't compete on margin. Hard to really market with Facebook ads or anything for that matter when the product is exactly the same as everyone else's. So I had to sort of think, how can I add unique value to the marketplace with a new brand? So I made a new brand. And I kind of skipped a part where I was in law school and I had no time to work on this too. So that probably contributed to me failing the first time as well. Also, you had, you hadn't even uh, no. graduated yet no. or got your, okay. I even started the second brand before I graduated and I took the bar exam during the process while I was running the business too, which wow. basically, basically everything shuts down. Right. Yeah. So you, you can't do anything for four months. So I had to delegate a lot of stuff and you know, wow. obviously a lot of fires that pop up too when you're not around. So, so what, year, what year are we up to now? Right. Well, the right. second so, brand launch. Right. So the second brand was 2015. Okay. Ish. Okay. Ish. I mean, there was a, there was some talk about it before and I kind of was brainstorming ideas, but 
didn't really get any traction until 2015, 2016. And that one was successful. That yeah, launch still, was successful. Still running same, same brand. Same brand. Okay. Right. So what were, uh, what were, was it more of just the product research or the, the fact that you built a brand or that you, you did your operations differently, all of right. the above or what? Ac- what more access it? to tools was helpful. Mm-hmm. There weren't really any tools back then to do keyword research. I was using the Google keyword tool, okay. really you know, archaic stuff, um, guess and check. But uh, had one product that was successful and I basically just reinvested everything into launching more and more and more. And then as I had consistent profit coming in, I would just reinvest that into advertising, building my website, building my email list, building my many chat audience, building Facebook groups. So I'm just kind of using the profit to funnel my, um, my marketing efforts. Okay. So did you ever work full-time as a lawyer then? Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. So like it wasn't enough at that time in 2015 like the, the, the brand wasn't like to the point where you could live just comfortably off no. of there. No, I didn't pay myself anything either. So, okay. Until, just put it, put it all right back until into like the, a year and a half ago. I didn't pay myself really anything. So did it help pay off your student loans? Yes, definitely. Nice. That's paid nice. Off. So now are you still practicing law at all? Uh, I mean, I still am active. I still mm-hmm. help with people occasionally that, you know, contacts from when so I was if working. I get in trouble with somehow no, you, no. no legal advice here. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh man. Not doing that, man. <laughs> All right. I got um, out. I got out. I'm good. Okay, cool. Cool. So do you remember how much you made that calendar year, uh, or grossed on, uh, from that, from that brand in 2015? It wasn't a lot. It was probably like 40 K a month or something. Okay. I, I think a lot of people would like quote unquote, not a lot to be 40 K a month. Right. Right. But what, what kind of profit margins was, was that? At? Um, probably 25%. Okay. So that was, that was still pretty, pretty decent. Mm-hmm. When was the year where things like maybe just started taking off for you, uh, on Amazon where things were just like clicking 2016, 2017. It was about the time probably I was on the podcast, the AMPM podcast. Mm-hmm. Like, was it two years ago? 2017. Okay. Things started getting a lot better back then. So yes. I think back then I was doing about 90, 90 K a month. Maybe I don't, it's hard to remember, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, obviously doing, doing better than that now. Yeah. Is this going to be your biggest year yet? Yeah. Yeah. And I've also diversified a little bit off of Amazon. So it's a little bit more peace of mind. What kind that. of diversification are we talking so like, like other online or uh, the website, brick and mortar? website's doing a lot better now since okay. I put a lot of, a lot of funds into growing that channel. So 25% ish on the website and 75% on Amazon. So uh, close to like 400 a month. Do, do they okay. feed off of each other? Like, did you they leverage do. your Amazon to build the website and then vice versa? Now you use your audience from the website to send them to Amazon, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Really. It, they, they cross pollinate a lot. So as the sales on Amazon get larger, the, they find the website and vice versa. So, um, as far as, you know, influencer videos go, I mean, I don't really choose to send them to one channel or the other. Usually I just say, here's the brand. Here's some places you can buy it. Here's some discounts for either you, you decide. So it does help for both when I, when I work with like influencers or run ads, even run ads to the website, they're going to always price check on Amazon too. And people want the best price and usually a price match. So it's really just a preference. Do they want to buy on Amazon? Do they want to buy on the website? Now, sometimes people say, you know, going along those lines of what you were saying you did, you know, some people say, ah, nah, don't build a brand on Amazon. Some people say, Hey, every time you need to build a brand on Amazon, but in your opinion, you know, you, you, you've seen both sides of it. Like, are there, instances where no, it's not worth it to build a brand. You know, you're, yeah. you're just doing a, a silicone spatula or something, or should somebody always try and build a brand and build a social media for, for every single product they launch or, or what's your thoughts on that? I think really the core of every business is having access to an audience. 
And if you, I mean, there are successful people that obviously sell way more than I do that don't have really any uh, quote unquote brand. It's mostly mm -hmm. just a name slapped on box. And then they have, you know, they say I have 10 brands in my account, but are any of them really brands or are they just names slapped on boxes? Um, I, I think it's makes sense to build one, one asset, build an audience. Cause it takes a lot of effort and thought to really build one thing. Well, you're diversifying your efforts across like 10 different items that aren't really a brand. It's hard to really build and nurture an audience because your, your focus is in so many different directions, speaking to so many different people. I like to pick one type of person, speak to them and build a, a relationship over time so that I can use that audience to, you know, fuel my future products. That I launch build an asset. Okay. Now, is it better for you, for your bottom line, for people to purchase on the website because there's no yes. Amazon commission? Yeah, no, no Amazon referral fee. So yeah, it's definitely better for that. Also, I mean, I have subscription options on the website too. So the profit margins are better. Uh, also get to contact them more often. Amazon's obviously restricting a lot of our ability to contact people. As you mm -hmm. guys know, with, with follow-up and your, your email system, you're probably hearing a lot about that too from your customers. But um, I think it's more important than ever to have some sort of way to contact your customers because I mean, I've seen huge accounts that do 20 million plus get suspended for an entire month, even recently. And they really don't have any way to contact their customers. So what do they, what do they do? They just have no revenue for an entire month. They have 40 employees and no revenue. That's, it's not a good way to run a business in my opinion, but. Now, how do you fulfill those orders? I mean, obviously Amazon yeah. is FBA, but, but how, how about your, your website? Orders? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I always send all the inventory initially to Amazon and you can connect FBA with, with Shopify. Okay. It'll fulfill like that. That's so it's automatic. You don't even have to touch click buttons or anything. No, no, it's automatic. It's the APIs, the APIs handle it. Uh, but once I get some, uh, you know, traction on the website for products, I'll start sending some into, it's called ShipBob. They're, you know, they're hit and miss. Some people don't like them very much, but it's just a third party fulfillment warehouse. They integrate very easily with Shopify. So I use ShipBob. I use them for over a year or so. A lot of people are using Deliver because that's more compatible with Walmart which is something I'm gradually looking into, but right now just using ShipBob and FBA. So never, never fulfilled yourself. No, from no. Run out of your garage and no, I've, I've my never kids doing FBA labels like I do. No, <laughs> I've never really received any, any boxes or pallets or anything, just samples and everything's been handled remotely by you know, warehouse partners or Amazon. So how many different brands and overall more or less SKUs do you have now that, that you have active on Amazon? Yeah. So it's like, I think it's 12, one brand. I just run one brand. Just one brand still. That yeah. same one that you did in 2016. Same whatever. one. And what's you, what do you think you're going to, your, your total 2019 sales will be from those, that one brand and 10 it's, products? It's over 4 million. Wow. But, and um, still exactly. around 20 to 25% profit margins. Yeah. More or less. Cool. Cool. That's, I mean, that, that, that's, that's the dream right there. Living in San Diego too. So you, <laughs> you, you, you got it. I'm fortunate. Yeah. There we go. So now, have you ever had to like kill any of the products from this brand that you just like didn't? Absolutely. So is it true that they say it's like, yeah, you can do everything right, but just sometimes it just doesn't connect with customers or, or, or was there something in each of the failures that you could point to and say, well, you know what? I kind of screwed that up. Yeah. So luckily for me, I picked like a niche that I'm fairly passionate about. So I'm really plugged into what people want and I pretty rigorously test the products myself. So I have, I have a pretty good, I have my finger on the pulse of what people want. Sometimes I don't hit it right. So for example, if I launch, cause I, I'll just be transparent. I sell supplements. Yeah. I sell, if I sell something that, um, 
has a cert, it's not organic, for example, maybe they're not capable of making an organic version yet. And then a big company that has hundred million dollars has like a manufacturing facility. They can make an organic product and they just come into the market. Uh, the whole market shifts and not much I can do until, you know, somebody can manufacture an equivalent product. So I've had that case happen where I had to kill it just because it didn't make sense to sell an inferior product. So just move the funds to something else that I could compete on. Okay. Have you ever been suspended? Um, not the account. I mean, the account? No. Okay. Yeah. I mean, usually, you know, it's a lot of times in sub, especially in supplements, you know, like all it takes is some trigger words sometimes and you right. know, people, people, of course, I don't want to say this. And then somebody that's listening goes out and tries to hunt me yeah, down or something. No, well, I was working on the account. It did about two, 3 million. It was the last company I worked for down in Carlsbad and just the most random thing, you know, some disgruntled customer. I, I don't think it, it was a, uh, like a competitor or anything, but just like the most random words, you know, would trigger, it wasn't, they didn't, they never got the whole account suspended, but like, it's, you know, certain ASINs yeah, would get ASINs, suspended sometimes. ASINs get suspended all the time. So like, what are some reasons that you've got, like you've had ASINs suspended and how did you get unsuspended or did you have to give up on some of them? Cause they well, just couldn't. Yeah. It's kind of a learning process, but in the early days, like I'd use USDA organic or something in the EBC content mm -hmm. and then they'd, they'd suspend it for that. Or you, you say some sort of medical term. Like yeah. That's a big one. If you say, if you oh, even cures just, arthritis or something like that, yeah, even if you don't say cures, if you just say arthritis, like yeah. you say, um, some studies show it may be, help arthritis and you, yeah. and you cite it, you can still get suspended for that. And it's like, um, they don't really care. They just search for buzzwords and, yeah. they, and there's no uh, list that exists no. out there, right. Of what buzzwords you have to avoid and no, nope. and keep out of your list. And you just nope, don't know until they hit It's just a gradual you. learning process. Yeah. And as long as you take it out and you listen to their emails, I've found they're pretty forgiving and understanding. Some people disagree on that. <laughs> now for one skew, it's a random question. I don't know if I've ever asked anybody this for one skew in one day, what is the most you have sold or the unit number of units? Mm. Like, Oh my God. Like, Oh, you had a crazy black Friday right. one day or a, a so I, I don't really do like flash sales like that. Mm -hmm. Cause I, I know some people will mark yeah, or organic or organic. Like, I mean like, yeah. So I'm not talking about, right. Oh, uh, you, you, you did a promotion or, or, or there's a, what do you call those things? Yeah lightning deal lightning or anything deals, like right. that. But like, yeah. Cause there, I mean, there are obviously tons of people that will show, yeah, Oh, yeah. I did 50 K in a day. And it's like, you wiped out your yeah. entire inventory and had 2% market. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I'm not talking about that. Good like job. organic, the most organic right. for the most part, you know, I, like I think like on an, a, a good day, it's like 450 for one unit or one, one skew, one skew 450, wow, 450 units. units. Yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, that's, that's, that's on Amazon. So there's also a website too. So, yeah. So guys that that's something that's, that's doable out there. How would you guys like to sell 450 units a day of one SKU? And then in addition, maybe another 50 or so on, on a website without the Amazon commission. So now what you said, you started using many chat. Now I heard like you were one of the first to start like with the, with the whole rebate thing, right? Like back in the, back in the day, like doing rebates for launches and, mm -hmm. and keywords. Now, what year did you like kind of start doing that? And why did you move to that as opposed to like the discount? I mean, I'm assuming well, maybe I, in 2015, 2016, did you do the traditional like I discount giveaways or? I started with the discount giveaways. Okay. As, I'm, as far as I know, nobody was talking about using ManyChat for Amazon back when I did it because I had to actually go into like the ManyChat group. And I was like one of the first ManyChat users actually. And that mm. was like when chatbotting was like very new. So I just kind of thought, uh, you know, what we're trying to do with, our Amazon customers, if we're trying to give them a discount, we want to be able to follow up with them sort of in real time, get them to take actions on Amazon. It seems like a really great platform to accomplish that better than email. There's higher open rates. You can, you can give people specific instructions. You can tell them, you know, 
search for this keyword. It's, it's a lot more real time and it's way more effective for getting reviews. So I was like, maybe I can think of some ways to make this work. And I found a couple different ways. I made, I spent many, many days at Starbucks, like making <laughs> these crazy elaborate many chat flows. And I worked really well for a lot of people I was teaching. And then it just sort of branched out into the Amazon space after that, as far as I'm aware, uh, the rebate side of thing that that's sort of a newer occurrence that just was sort of required when the Amazon algorithm shifted and they gave re- less preference to uh, coupon based or sorry, promo code based okay. sales. So, you know, as things change, you kind of have to adapt with, with the times. So that's, that was probably uh, like a year ago or so when that started taking off, I think, would you say that's correct? I'm trying to remember. Yeah. Um, I mean like the, the biggest change for me, like still, you know, I, I do test every now and then, you know, I, I never, I never launched my own private label product, but mm-hmm. uh, I still have friends who let me use our account so I can see what's going on with the algorithm and things. And just yeah. a couple of weeks ago, I, I did some tests where I, I tried the brand two-step URL. It's still, still, you know, working fairly good. I even tried a 70% off coupon and that even worked, you know, Oh yeah. but like the storefront URLs over a year ago where it was just like, that one's, it in, just went dead. Like that one's it, in the crapper. It, yeah, it, it wouldn't move at all, you know, <laughs> right. and, and, and things like that. And, and I think around that time is when people were really more looking into like search, find buy and, yeah. and, and things like that. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of moving more towards evergreen promotional tactics that I don't see any chance of not being yeah. effective. So I, cause I don't, I don't want to tell somebody, you know, go launch and then they spend $6,000 to do a coupon or promo launch and then it doesn't work. Um, I mean, obviously there, that could happen with this too, but I think yeah. it's less likely. So like we've had, you know, I've had Isabella from rank bell, had Ian from rebate key. And, you know, I, I've tested other sites like azrank.com for who they will, well, rebate keys a little bit different. You know, they're, they're obviously, you know, more URL based and, and kind of the tradi- almost like there's a traditional discount giveaway company. But then the other ones, what they do is they have their own networks and they one-on-one kind of tell people, you know, what what to do. And, and it's, it's pretty expensive. Now, some people, this, they, they don't want to have to deal with face finding the audience. They don't yeah. want to deal with Facebook ads. They don't want to deal with many chat or whatever, mm-hmm. just because maybe there's just a barrier of entry for them, like a, 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 a mind block. So they're willing to pay more per order for, for, I don't know what you would call like those kind of concierge services. Absolutely. But for the people who, who are like, you know what, I know many chat and, and I'm pretty good with, you know, with Facebook ads and things. Obviously it's more bang for your buck if, if you handle your own, you know, flows and things like that. So, so what kind of flows do you suggest for like your students these days? And, and like what, what's been working for a new product launch? Right. Right. So back when this whole, you know, rebate launching process was new, I, you know, there weren't really any tools to help with it and it Mm -hmm. could take several hours just to get one campaign up. Not something that a lot of people that, you know, probably use as other services would want to even entertain just because their yeah. time's too valuable. Yeah. So, you know, nowadays what I'm teaching obviously is like I run a software called boostrooster.com mm-hmm. and we've, we've gotten rid of a lot of, a lot of those hurdles and the friction points that you you were mentioning uh, just so that you can easily set up a, a launch campaign in just like a couple minutes. It takes under two minutes to get your entire mini chat flow set up and in your account. And we have tutorials on how to do that. So got rid of all those pain points. The only other pain point is running the Facebook ad, but that's yeah. actually not, not that difficult. It's not as difficult as people um, lead you to believe sometimes just because Facebook's gotten a lot better in the last several years. And you can really uh, just use, it's called campaign budget optimization and create a couple ad sets, just kind of throw a couple darts at, at the board and you're going to, you're going to have an audience that 
usually gets you a cost per message. It's really low and it's going to be way what, more. What is the, what, what is the average uh, cost per? Right. So uh, maybe not necessarily per message, but per well, rebate. Yeah. Per rebate is what you really want to know. Right. Right. So uh, if you're doing things right under $5 to get the rebate, okay. Uh, if once you start the campaign, things kind of take a couple of days to get situated. Facebook has to optimize mm-hmm. and you don't really have to do much of that optimization yourself manually. Like you used to, they kind of just divert the audiences where they see fit. So what, like basically how Facebook will work now is they'll send traffic to an audience. If it's a large audience of like 5 million people. And if they see it's not performing well for a couple hours, like they'll just divert it to another subsection in that audience until they find one that gets you the best result, best bang for your buck. So you can just create a couple large audiences in the ad set level, and then just send some traffic like $50 a day. And then they'll just divert it where it's performing best. After a couple of days, you can get your your rebate costs like $4 and cost per message, like under two, if you do it right. And so, what's the CTA or what's the creative? Like, are you telling people straight up, Hey, get a hundred percent off or get 50% off or, or how, how do you get people to click? Yeah. So there's a lot of different ways to do this. I'm sure a lot of people listening have seen these ads all mm-hmm. over Facebook. Um, hundred percent off. I don't, I don't do that. Me, no, I, unfortunately I am just bombarded by everybody with courses. That's all I see for Facebook ads. I, I, I want to see some free product advertising so I can get some free stuff. I, I don't, but anyway, so I don't, w- what will I see once people stop targeting me with their courses? What, what <laughs> kind of ads am I going to see? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't like 100% off deals just because I feel that brings in a very low quality customer. Mm. And Good point. These, these people that when, when you run a hundred percent off deal, you're going to get a lot of people messaging you saying, Oh, please send PayPal rebate before I buy. And they're just really looking to return the item and get, yeah. get the rebate. So, I mean, what I find more effective is doing like 80% off, okay. uh, but really it's like in the form of a, a gift card so that they, they're not going to just get cash back. They, they have to be willing to be somewhat interested in your product and then also spend money on Amazon in a gift card format so that it's sort of giving them a little bit of a step to go over so that you're weeding out a lot of the, the riffraff, low quality buyers so then a gift card for that exact amount, which would equal 80% or whatever you put yeah. that is what's generated. Right. So yeah, basically what you would do is just, you sell a $20 item. You just say, you know, we'll give you an 80% rebate and you just multiply $20 times 0.8, make that, that rebate number in like a gift card format. And then after they confirm that they've ordered, you just, you send it to them after a couple of days, give it a little buffer time. Okay. Do you ever have trouble with people getting a returning the product or reselling it, or at that point almost doesn't matter because the whole point of this was just to get your, right. You're your, getting, you're getting the benefit either way. Yeah. And I mean, there are ways to sort of fight that return issue, mm-hmm. which, you know, we're, we're working on. Uh, we, we have a little bit of a delay in there and that does stop a lot of it, Okay, but there are, there are ways with, uh, you know, our, our checks, our, our many chat accounts can communicate with Amazon and see like, was that canceled? We're working on ways to sort of uh, fight that process, but it's really a low percentage of people that do that. When you just do like an 80% in like a gift card based format, I think like under 5% of people will do that. And it's really um, cost of doing business, the ranking benefit, and it really outweighs, weighs that risk. I think. Yeah. Now do you do this method only for like initial launch or, or do you ever do you do it for relaunch or maybe something went out of stock? So your keyword ranking went down, you got to give it a, another boost or what, what are the situations where, where you put these flows to work? Yeah. So launching, I don't, I'm not a fan of launching like brand new products that have no reviews mm-hmm. because so say, for example, you have a new product to Amazon, zero reviews, and you try to do a launch. 
if, if you're sending a lot of these uh, rebate based sales to it, and then on day three of your launch, you get a one-star review, uh, your chances of sticking that launch are going to be very low. Yeah. Your conversion rate is going to be terrible. Yep. You might, you might rank temporarily, but then once all the, the dust settles and you know, the chips are out, you're going to, you're going to drop yeah. pretty quickly. So like what I've been telling people to do, get four or five, like five-star reviews before you start this process. Mm-hmm. So that's like the earliest I would say do it. And there are a lot of ways to get those initial reviews. You can even use this process to do that because this uh, many chat process is very effective at getting those initial reviews as well without, you know, we're not compensating for reviews. We're just following up to mm-hmm. ask them for a review. Um, so it's effective at that. But as far as like when at other times would you use it? So say you're like ranked on page two or three and you think you deserve page one, you can just uh, go to, you know, boost rooster, make enter in your, your product details. Just say, I want to do, I look at the CPR numbers for helium 10 and just say like, okay, so it says 80 units over the, the eight day period. And you just divide that out and you say, I want to, I want to give out 10 rebates per day. And you can just plug that in to the software and it will limit the number of rebates to go out per day for you, which is uh, very f- helpful for kind of maintaining that CPR number and not going over it and spending way over your budget. So you can use that. Um, you can use that for any product. Like so if your product's been idle for a long time, you can still do it. Obviously you're familiar with like the honeymoon mm-hmm. ranking period. So in your, in your experience, how long has the honeymoon lasted for you and your, your students? You know, sometimes I hear four weeks, sometimes I hear six yeah. weeks for different people. How about for you? Um, a month seems safe, safe, two months. I haven't really tested the boundaries, but month, everybody seems to agree a month is effective. And that's a month from first sale date from first sale date. Okay. So like, what if somebody creates the listing and then the listings open and it's been a month and then they finally have a first sale. Now, does that lose the honeymoon? That's mm-hmm. what I always thought that loses. So like whenever I, if I, if I need to start a listing early just to, to be able to send some inventory in or something, mm-hmm. I'll like try and make it suppress or something to save yeah. that. But in my opinion, better safe than sorry, but right. Is that overkill or right? So I, I would just make it suppressed just to be okay. safe. That's not really something I want to test or tell people to test. So just yeah. keep, keep it suppressed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but first, I mean, first sale date seems to be the, the time. I don't know whether the suppression or having the listing active will impact mm-hmm. that. Okay. You know, let me know. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, that's, that's what I've been doing too, just because it's like, Hey, doesn't hurt, you know, <laughs> definitely obviously doesn't hurt. It just, from a logical standpoint, it makes right. sense that, that, that it, that it would actually help. Now, one thing I did notice in the last four weeks that was different was I would do that also on these test ones where it would go out of stock or something. And then I would suppress it instead of just closing because closing kind of stopped working, especially if anybody anywhere has the listing in their account, even without product, it's oh, yeah. closing means nothing. Right. So I'm like, let me suppress it. And then on the exact same product where suppression worked four months ago, uh, it had gotten suspended or something and now it was, or it was suppressed and it didn't have that same effect. Like it took a little while for it to get its ranking back even after mm-hmm. that. So there could be changes that that's happening in the algorithm right. there. Right. S- speaking of all this, we've been talking about algorithm changes for honeymoon and suppression and, and talking about two sip rolls since you, you've been around the block, you know, for about three, four years, what are some other big changes that have affected the way you do business? Not necessarily negative, but you know, PPC seems to be changing every week with, with new things. Uh, what are some of the big changes, either positive or negative that have affected how you run your Amazon business? Uh, the one on the top of my head is the messaging changes to their okay. policy and just restricting our ability to send, you know, three or four emails, which I really liked having that yeah. ability to do. Um, still trying to figure out 
exactly what the limit is of what they're trying to get us. I don't think Amazon even knows at at this point, but (laughs) right. Right. So, I mean, there's a lot of talk, you know, remove all links, only do one email. Some people are saying don't do any emails, Mm -hmm. but, uh, from my, from my perspective, what sense does it make to send zero emails? If the only penalty is they say, here's a 30 day penalty box for you Just sit in there and make some changes and then we'll let you send emails again. So I'm just trying to be like, can I send two? If I send two, do I get suspended for 30 days? Go back to yeah. one. Do I get suspended? Do I have to remove all links? Do I have to change the language? What do they want from me here? Do they want yeah. me to send no messages? So um, it's kind of like you just keep testing until you figure out where that, that gray area is. And I've got a couple hundred people you know, that I work with that I teach, obviously. And we're all trying to figure out the exact, the exact boundary for that. Okay. Um, so yeah, I, th- I, think, I, I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people are, are, are not have been, are being affected by that change. And it's just, like you said, it's just a lot of ambiguity right now. People are right. not sure because on one hand, Amazon will, will send a message and saying, Hey, you know, you don't need to send a message asking for a review. And then yes. in the TOS, brand new TOS, December 3rd, <laughs> somebody will say, Oh yeah, you, you can send one. Don't send more than one. So, so it's like, you know, uh, the dust will settle, I'm sure, you know, soon, mm-hmm. but that that's definitely a, a big change. Yeah. It's annoying because yeah. I did like having that ability to sort of nurture the customer relationship a little mm-hmm. bit more. And, you know, they took away our ability to add attachments even. I mean, I've, I've noticed attachments get people's messaging flagged as well. Mm-hmm. And I like sending useful guides to people in the form of attachment. Can't do that. Yeah. So um, kind of further, you know, solidifies my idea that having some sort of outside presence, if you're building a brand is important just because they're taking away our ability to build the relationship with the customer. Yeah. So. Now, speaking of PPC, what is your, like, do you have a, a, a budget, like a target budget? Like, Hey, I, I, I want to PPC needs to be X percent of my, my, my total sales or, or yeah. how do you decide what to set your budget at for PPC? I think PPC spend is typically about 15% of okay. overall account revenue. Right. And my strategy on PPC is not very typical. I know a lot of people do have the strategy, especially in my space, but more of a defensive approach than, you know, I'm not trying to get 3% a cost. Really. My goal is figure out which keywords I want to rank for and where my break even point is and maintain aggression to the point where people can't beat me in the auction. So if I know my break even point is 35% a cost, for example, as long as I'm around that level, I'm okay spending that. I don't need to, you know, try to get down to 10% a cost and lose the auction half the day because then somebody's going to come in they're going to outbid me and then they're going to outrank me over time, at yeah. least if their product is equivalent. Yeah. So I view it more as a defensive thing. Like I'm going to spend 15% of revenue. I know where my break even points are. I'm willing to spend a little bit more because I know my customer value is higher than my competitors. Mm-hmm. So I can sort of keep my ads at the top, bully them out of the positions and maintain ranks using PPC defensively. Okay. Being in the supplement niche, do you have activated on all your SKUs uh, subscribe and save? Yes. Okay. And like, have you ever looked at like what percentage of your sales come from that on Amazon? I haven't looked in a long time, which is bad. Um, mm-hmm. but it is, it is pretty substantial. I mean, it makes a big difference for sure. Yeah. So a couple dozen sales per day on, on each item usually for wow. subscribe and save. Yeah guys. So if you guys are in the supplement niche or any kind of, you know, something that's, that somebody needs to replenish, absolutely activate, subscribe and save. If you don't know what that is, just, just do a search in, in Amazon and you'll, or on YouTube, you'll see videos on how to how to do that. Now, before, before we get going here, I, I want to, we, we have this part of the show we call the part that's uh, spelled TST 30 second tip. So think about what your best 30 second tip is. It, it doesn't have to be 
about ManyChat uh, doesn't even have to be about Amazon. Maybe it's about how you run your Shopify store. What is some a real gold nugget that you can be able to give out start to finish in 30 seconds? Well, the, the thing that really, really can just screw people over from day one is if they're not willing to invest in their product packaging sufficiently. So one thing that really has helped me a lot have products that stand out is just using 99designs for one, 99designs.com. And if you guys aren't familiar with that, it's kind of like a way to make designers compete for your, your preference. So you can get say 10 people submitting designs. You can give them all comments. They can go back and amend it. And at the end of the day, if you do it properly and you communicate with these people, you're going to get a really solid final product. And like, that's what I use to find my designer, which I've been using for a lot of my packaging, which is really, really the packaging just stands out over what else is on the market. And by having that sort of um, aesthetic appeal, in a lot of spaces, most spaces, I'd say, as long as you get the aesthetics right. You get reviews about that too, like where people say, whoa, this packaging is good. Okay. Every day, every day. Yeah, that's awesome. um, I notice a lot of people really skimp on the packaging. Yeah, or don't even have packaging. Let me just stick the FN SKU label right on the bottle. Or Or use use their manufacturer's designers to design their packaging. It's like, you got to give a little more thought into it than that. And that ties into the building a brand thing too as well. Tell a story on your packaging, make something that stands out. Maybe have a box if nobody in your niche has a box and you got couple, couple legs to stand on over them. So, so what are your goals for 2020 now, either revenue standpoint, or maybe like, Hey, I want to expand into a foreign marketplace or another website or, or what can we do? We, we always like following up in a year. So December of, of yep. 2020, I want to hit you up and, and see if you've reached what goal. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I mean, I have a new product I'm looking to launch, which is in a pretty large space. There's a lot of demand right now. So I think I could probably double the revenue in 12 months. I'm hoping, um, but we'll see how it, how it shakes out. It's a, it's a really hot niche. I don't want to space in the niche. I don't want to talk about it, yeah. really, but um, we'll, we'll see if I get there. Um, really just further diversifying my sales channel, like maybe getting Shopify a little bit further up. I've been investing in getting my email marketing and follow up on the website, like way more sophisticated, which is going to help probably in a couple of weeks here. Um, also, looking more into Walmart, taking Walmart more seriously now. Since yeah. I don't think it really makes sense. Like until you've got a pretty extensive, like product portfolio to really divert your efforts. But mm-hmm. once you get like 10, 10 ASINs and you've kind of got the Amazon side of things handled, I mean, then it maybe it makes a little more, more sense to yeah. focus on that because okay. you can just throw up another channel, just put all your, your copy, your, your assets onto Walmart and then just get another, another channel. And I have sold on Walmart previously, but I haven't really taken it seriously. I think maybe, maybe I'll start doing that. I found, I found that they are, once you can show like you're one of the leaders on Amazon too, they're, they're a lot more willing to to take on your product and possibly even have it as a fulfilled by Walmart. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, the, the, the path is if you crush on Amazon, get into fulfilled by Walmart, it's not called fulfilled by Walmart. I forgot Mm -hmm. what it was called, but you know what I'm talking about where, where, where they kind of have it and then you can actually, you know, pick it up in a store, you purchase this, a buyer can purchase it and pick it up in a store. That's, yeah. uh, that's huge. And they get the two day delivery. And then if you start crushing it there, then that's what potentially gets you into the door, which is the mother load, yes. which is into Walmart brick and mortar, which people still do not realize that that dwarfs Amazon. Like mm-hmm. the, the supplement company I worked at, you know, I thought I was hot stuff bringing their sales up to like two, 3 million, but I was also the sales manager there. And I would see POs go across the desk for like just the Western DCs, like one PO is like $2 million for one PO. So I'm like, <laughs> Amazon was nothing uh, yeah. compared to if you get into every single Walmart store now, 
that's the mother load right there. So yeah, definitely. Cool. cool. All right. So now how can people find out about your course and then m- mention your, your, your new software again, so that people can maybe look up some more information on that. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the software that helps you do the, the launch process sets up the entire many chat flow for you manages your rebates. That's boostrooster.com. Um, not, I'm not sure if I could say that I have a discount for helium 10 listeners. Sure. Go ahead. The code is helium 10. Well, that's easy to remember. Right. They worked 10% off. So nice. Um, and for reaching me directly, I have a program called FBA sales accelerator.com. And okay. this is, uh, just by me, Ryan Rigney. So, all right. Well, Ryan, you're our neighbor. So make sure not, this is your second time in this month coming yep. and visiting us. So make sure to don't be a stranger and come up here, hang out whenever you want. Yeah. Have some tequila or just hang out in our little swings here or whatever. The office is great. I mean, the office is cool. I, I, I always love uh, early happy hours. So. And let's, let's <laughs> hang out in the gas lamp or, yeah. or somewhere down there in uh, San Diego. Yeah, soon. for sure, man. All right. Thanks a lot for coming in. Yeah, you're welcome. Quick note, guys. Don't forget that regardless where you are listening to this podcast, whether it's on your iPhone or on Stitcher or on Spotify, that you hit the subscribe button so that you can be notified every time we drop a new episode.